Man, come on. The light's green. Let's go. Where is it? Oh, there it is. Yeah, that would be the uh, six foot seven, two hundred and forty-four pound from Memphis College, uh, Paxton Lynch. Yeah, an absolute legend. The first round, twenty-six overall, twenty-sixteen NFL Denver Broncos pick. Yeah, that guy. Nice. Late to work sports. 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 What up, world, and welcome to another episode of Late to Work Sports. As always, I'm your host, Jonathan, with my co-host, Ray Ray. What up, Ray Ray? What's up, John? Oh, man, another day. Another day. I thought we weren't going to have any football, but we did. We'll get into that later. Yeah, we got a good bit to talk about. I'm so excited. Hey, before we get in there, though, we got a uh, special co-host this week. And that is Mr. B. Ryan Fisher. What up, Big Fish? What's going on, gentlemen? It's good to be here. Glad you guys could have me on. Happy to be here. Glad to have you here, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, well, gentlemen, if y'all two are ready, we can go ahead and roll on into the next topics. Let's make it happen. All right. So the first topic I want to talk about is, I know we said no more football, but then the XFL started. And I'm going to be honest with you, I love football in general, right? It's my favorite sport. Um, so anytime these startup leagues come up, I, I at least have to give the first game a go. And I remember texting Ray Ray during the first game and was like, this guy's pretty good, man. This is pretty good. Um, enough that he got where he was watching the second game on Saturday and then we both were watching the third and fourth game. There's only eight teams. I'm going to tell y'all, gentlemen, what. The XFL may not have the top quality talent that the NFL has, but as far as presentation is concerned, they got it figured out, man. They got it figured out. So, oh, yeah. Uh, it's fun to watch. Oh, man. It's it's very entertaining, and it's, uh, you know, it kind of reminds me of more fast-paced. And, Fish, you'll like this one. This kind of reminds me more fast-paced of uh, – like hockey, the way hockey's more fast-paced and stuff like that, the mm-hmm. XFL just seemed to go, like, more action, you know? It just kept flowing, mm-hmm. too. I didn't feel like it was a forever game. Like, it didn't seem like it stopped. It just kept going. Yep, yep. Um, There's always something. Yeah, and Continuous so, pace. Dude, I don't which know is you know, I didn't get a chance to watch the games, actually, mm-hmm. um, but I was lo- looking at some of the highlights and things like that. So, yeah, I was going to ask, like, you know, tell me what, like, some of the differences are. Do they have some rule differences? Like, is the field different? Or, so, you know, what's kind of the differences in the NFL? I'm glad you asked, man. There's actually, and I didn't realize it, there's actually quite a few differences. And being a fan of the sport, I was not initially happy about anything changing i don't like when you mess with this game of uh, of football itself but i'm gonna tell you right now all of these changes i thought were really good um so first off one of the big one that people would see as soon as they turn into the game is kickoffs so kickoffs are a little weird compared to what we're normally uh accustomed to so they line up with the kicker in the normal spot and then here's where it gets different the kicking team they all line up at the 35-yard line. The return team, I'm sorry, their opponent's 35-yard line now, let me specify. The return team lines up on their 30-yard line, so they're five yards apart now. And nobody can move until the returner catches the ball or the ball's on the ground for three seconds. Now, how you enforce the three-second one? I'm not 100% positive. Uh, I imagine it would be like the... I don't, I don't know, really. But um, it, it basically makes you want to return the ball. And uh, they said that, that their reason behind that was in 2020, the NFL kickoffs were only returned 38% of the time. Now, a kickoff is considered one of the most explosive plays uh, in football. So 99 or 97% of the XFL kickoffs were returned in 2020. So, obviously, under different management and stuff like that, but they experimented with this, and it was a success. Well, that's one of the big things uh, as far as, like... uh, And I can see... 
I can see how that is uh, like a huge, I'd say, benefit for the XFL. Mm -hmm. Sometimes when you're in the NFL, you're a little too scared to make changes. I actually just pulled up a little 15-second video of the XFL's new kickoff. And, yeah, it's really interesting. You got uh, Mm -hmm. two teams kind of like five yards away from each other, and you get the kicker to basically take a free kick over to the other side. And um, I think it does a couple things because – like you said, it's one of the more explosive plays in football. But the th- the thing that's been killing the kickoff in the NFL was all of the CTE and concussions and, and complaints and things like yeah. that because you got people running full clip um, 50, you know, I don't even know how far it is, 50, 60 yards down the field. And then when they impact, I mean, you can just They're imagine – best athletes in the world um you know running at, at top speeds into each other like that i mean that's where a lot of the injuries come from so the nfl's response was to change the kickoff so that almost no one's returning it now yep. and now people are kind of like this is pointless like why it, do we even have that, a kickoff man, not only that it keeps the game the game play in the nfl is slower because of that because you got to think after they score then they go to commercial breaks then they line up to kick it commercial then they break. kick it off, kick off. Commercial, break. commercial break yeah mm-hmm. what's crazy you know about that kickoff is you would think that It'd be easier to return, right? Because you don't have the defense or the the kicking team running full fledge at you, just ready to crack whoever. You think it'd be a lot more of a breakaway? I did anyway. I thought the kicker or the kick returner is going to have such a high advantage, right? And in reality, there's not really one at all. They weren't going what to the twenty five yard line half the time. You only had a couple that really broke your standard typical twenty five yeah. or more yards. You know what I mean? It was yeah, only and once it, or and twice. It really seems like. Your kicker's going to really matter because that's your last line of defense. So, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised to see Pat McAfee try to get back out there just to start <laughs> creaming people again. Well, so that was one big thing, right? Another way that they play, and then there's a lot of presentation, and we'll get to that in a minute, but another way they play, this was huge because this was uh, – well, well, hang on, we'll get to that one in a minute. Let me tell you what, we'll go to the, the about the extra point first. So the extra right. point oh, yeah, is no, different. The, the extra point's great. There is no point after kick. Right, mm-hmm. it is a one, two, or three pointer from the two yard line, five yard line, and ten yard line, respectively. So basically, you can have a nine point swing if you score the yeah, six points on the touchdown. Now to be a and then the three points. So yeah, where crazy. where yeah exactly where that's big is they had in the third game of the week, so the first game on Sunday. A team was down, and they got the six points. Uh, it was actually St. Louis, the Battle Hawks, I believe they're called. Um, and they had to get the three-pointer, got the three-pointer. That made it a three-point game. But, and then they got the comeback play, right? Yes. But here's where another rule change came into effect. And, again, it's all about action and what people want, right? When you are down or tied in the fourth, you can elect to either onside kick it or one fourth and 15 play. So you get one play to gain at least 15 yards. You have to gain 15 yards. Hmm. Right? It just makes the game interesting. It was really interesting. Guess what? I think they got like 16 or 17 yards. So they got it. It was was 18. Was it 18? I remember that. It was yeah, it was a great throw. It was, it was great. Like right the dude, the dude the planted. To the tight end, toe tap, yep. went out. And uh, and then, and then the XFL, you only have to have one foot in, too. Yeah, it's pretty neat. It's like so, a mixture of college and yeah. NFL. It's almost like you got the best of both, mm-hmm. so you can still see some pretty cool stuff yep. going on. So he gets it, and they drive all the way down the field, and they score, and they actually end up winning, and it cost me 50 bucks. So yeah, they were <laughs> underdog as heck yeah. in that game, too. I, uh... I didn't know my betting app was going to not let me cash out because I was getting and I'm also, ready. Was, I'm taking up? a look at – I said I'm also – I'm taking a look. I just uh, looked up how much a ticket would be to an XFL game. It looks about 24 to $25 each for basically mm. front row seats. Yeah, I know the, what is the season tickets aren't expensive at all. No. Yeah, so that's fun too. Like you get to $200 or something. Go see some professional football. And um, Seattle's playing at the Seahawks field, Lumen Field. Yeah, so um, there's some of them are playing it. Some of them are playing that. Because I was curious, Are is the D.C. defenders, are they playing at FedEx Field? You know what I mean? No. I don't think they and are. they're not. They're playing, they're playing yeah, at some, like, vertical place. Uh, I think it's Audi, Audi. Field. Mm-hmm. Um, they're playing at the Where professional the, soccer team field there. Yeah, so, the D.C. United. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, you know, th- they do that. Now, that is the gameplay, gentlemen. Now, here's where it gets to the presentation part that I was speaking of. They have hot mics everywhere. Everywhere. Oh, yeah, and not by Everyone's accident. Everyone's got it. Hmm? Yeah, I'm saying everyone's got it. It's Everyone, awesome. man. Everyone. It's, it's awesome. So there's hot mics everywhere, right, from the quarterback to multiple players on the field to the defense to the coach. You're hearing the plays the coaches are calling to the referees when a, when a flag is thrown. You're the hearing them the discuss the penalty or the plays. foul. They're discussing it right there. Now, I'll say what's really cool, though, about all that, too, with the presentation is how the the three main people running it, The Rock and whoever the other two are, how they were at every single game. That and that wild. definitely matters. It for, was uh, The Rock, this. his ex wife. Yeah. Yeah. So the first, yeah, three games, the, games. the first three games were in Texas, and then the last one was in D.C. But they were at the Texas flying there? He's flying from game to game? Yeah. They had to. Wow. <laughs> they had He's to. the owner. Unless they're clones. I mean, there's always that option. Yeah. 2020 or 2023, whatever. I lost three years for a yeah, second there. Wherever we're at. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they were. Uh, they have hot mics, and then and then not only that, the review, right? If they're like, "Hey, we need to review that play," you get to see Dude, them review level. the play. They're talking about it. You're watching them slide yeah. it back and forth. You're seeing a big camera and shot of what they're seeing, and then you're seeing them in there discussing it. So everything oh, yeah, no, is really right cool. out there. You know, for a lot of people that are saying mm. stuff scripted right now, this is no, huge. Everything is right. <laughs> the scripted NFL. Everything's out there for you to see it. I love it. Another thing, they had the betting lines on the screen. So you've seen what the oh, over-under yeah, over was. Yeah, that's pretty neat. Yeah, you've seen, you know, who was the favorite in the game. Um, and then coaches also get one challenge, and they can challenge anything. As long as they have a timeout, anything. They can challenge if it was a foul. Penalties. They can ch- yeah. If they if they mm-hmm. thought there was pass interference and there was no flag, they can cha- they can challenge it. If they think there was That's pass great. interference, or if it was called pass interference, they want to challenge that because they think no way. They can challenge that. They can challenge the spot of the ball, a catch, you name it. They get one chance to challenge anything yeah. the refs do. I find it hilarious. To a Sorry, what was that? that? It's, it's I was saying they got entertainment down to a science in it. Mm-hmm. It's great. Mm. Yes. I was going to say, I find it hilarious that the NFL had, they implemented after the terrible Saints pass interference call, they implemented the ability to challenge uh, penalties, but then they were so terrible at at being able to look at the video replays and make the right call that they just got rid of it the next year. They're like, ah, never mind. We just don't, we don't know what we're doing. (laughs) Yeah. And the thing is like, they work with, so the XFL is working hand in hand with the NFL. Yes, so, yeah, I saw that. It's like what works in the XFL that they could pull to the NFL. Oh, man, it's a very smart That's idea. Cool. If you're going to start up a league, oh, yeah. if you're a startup league, it is huge, huge. Oh, yeah, we can run I, everything through you. Any I, ideas? It's just so smart, man. So smart. I think smart. that's very good of the NFL. Like, because the NFL's, you know, the NFL's still the probably, I, I, I think, I haven't looked recently, but I'm assuming it's still the biggest sport in America, biggest sport in the world probably. And um, But it has I, the I feel like it's event. The Super Bowl is the biggest sporting event. I think soccer is the biggest worldwide, mm. but mm. but the Super Bowl is the singular biggest game, from what I understand. The singular. Now I haven't looked at the what the. Uh, I guess you could say. I guess you would have to say every year, right? Because obviously the World Cup comes around every four years, but right when that happens, and I would imagine that yeah. probably beats the Super Bowl, but it's every four years. So yeah. on an yeah, annual basis, know, it's the top one. I mean, I seen a stat the other day that showed uh, how many people, how many people watched the Super Bowl compared to like they took. I don't even remember how much it was. Well, more people watched Rihanna at the halftime this year. Yeah, that was wild. Oh yeah, that's what I heard. <laughs> it was a pretty good show. We watched it. Big Fish came over to the house and watched it. it yeah, awesome. and uh, my son, my year and a half year old son came. Brian, that was what he watched most of more than the game. He came in to watch Rihanna and he was dancing. So yeah, he he that. he was he was part of that statistic of telling they better have his money. <laughs> They better yeah. have his money. Well, so <laughs> one of the one of the last things, real quick, I gotta say about the XFL was just imagine there's only really eight starting quarterbacks, and uh, one of them has managed to be benched in the NFL, the Canadian Football League, the United States Football League, and now the XFL. Is that is that would be a uh, Mister What Mr. a Legend Paxton Lynch? Yeah, that would be the uh, six foot seven, two hundred and forty four pound from Memphis, 
college, uh, Paxton Lynch. Yeah. An absolute legend. The first round, 26th overall, 2016 NFL Denver Broncos pick. Yeah, that guy. Yeah, I was I – was, thank, ta- thanks, thanks for going to my home state team and just stinking it up completely. I couldn't hey, root for him. Hey, man, that literally makes you the bust of all busts. If you have played in every kind of professional football league and have been benched. Showing Johnny Manziel how it's done. That's, you get. that's the that's the bar now. <laughs> well, we'll do the recap of these uh, games real quick, and then I'll give you all y'all's final uh, closing statements, and we'll roll in uh, to the next topic here. So let's do it. We had Vegas Vipers playing the Arlington Renegades, and uh, Arlington won this twenty-two to twenty. That was a very close game. That was all these were close games, man, except for one, and uh, unfortunately, that was the one that Paxton Lynch was on, and that's when Orlando. <laughs> Yeah, the Orlando Guardians went and played the Houston Roughnecks. Is that believe? I believe that's what they're called. Yes. Um, they played them and Houston just demolished them, thirty-three to twelve. Uh, that was a uh, that was embarrassing. He did so good. Yeah. And then uh, the next day, here's the game we talked about. The one, if you missed it, man, you missed something wild. That was the St. Louis Battlehawks playing the San Antonio Brahmas. The same San Antonio team that's coached by Heinz Ward, and uh, St. Louis won that eighteen to fifteen. And the quarterback and, is AJ McCarron. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a familiar name. Yeah. Well, uh, speaking of familiar names, Josh Gordon and the Seattle mm. Sea Dragons that. went and played the DC Defenders in DC. And oh, Dean Danucci did so good too. Danucci was doing decent until the end, man. <laughs> and, uh, receptions and a DC ended up winning twenty-two double. to eighteen. The Nucci that was a good comeback game too, though. Did, yeah, DC looked like they were out of it that whole game. Out of nowhere, they're just like, "Hey, our fans threw lemons on the field. We're gonna win this game." <laughs> well, the Nucci was running for his life. He started out looking <laughs> nasty. That man had. They said he had fifty people there come to watch him. Danucci? Yeah, just him. Just him. That uh, the one the one start he got in the NFL that his parents couldn't make it to that one, so they made it to this one, and apparently forty eight other people did, and that's how uh that's, that's how you show out right there. One touchdown pass, and two interceptions, and a fumble. Well, Beautiful. I'm gonna tell you what he was he was balling out till about the second half, bro. When that when they hey man them lemons <laughs> took him out. <laughs> DC figured out how to get in that backfield, and that dude was running for his life every play, bro. Every play, <laughs> he was balling out till then. I was like, yo, this guy looks solid. I was like, you know, it's hard to play when the defense yeah. lives in the backfield. Yeah, I was watching. I was like, this guy looks solid. I can't believe, uh, I can't believe that that Dallas moved on from him. And then the second half came on. And I go, yes, I can. <laughs> There's four quarters to the game. Oh, no, Dallas, <laughs> hey man, Dallas likes toxic relationships anyway. That is true. They re- is they true. really do. King of the toxic relationships. Well, uh, since we're on the topic of Dallas, we're all into their favorite uh, opponents to play. And there's the Philadelphia Eagles talking with Jalen Hurts about a contract upcoming. So he's on his final year of his rookie deal. And so they're discussing on what they're looking at as far as uh, contract numbers. And, uh, gentlemen, I'll, uh, I'll kick this number to him and then uh, – or kick this number to y'all and then y'all let me know what y'all think here. So they are saying that they are looking to pay him right now somewhere between 45 to $50 million per year. Now, just so y'all know, Patrick Mahomes makes yeah. $45 million a year. Wow. And he has, uh, and he's the fifth highest paid uh, on average now. This, this is on average. The fifth highest paid quarterback uh, a year. Aaron Rodgers is the top, a little over $50 million. So Hilarious. we'll just say, you know, I'm looking at list right here. Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray, Deshaun Watson, Patrick Mahomes. Those rounded out. So Aaron Rodgers got a ring. Russell Wilson got a ring. Patrick Mahomes got a ring. So three out of the five got a ring. He got a few rings. So multiple MVPs there. Multiple MVPs. Um, Big Fish, I'll kick it to you first. Do you think Jalen Hurts coming off of this year – is worth forty-five to fifty million. He's twenty-two and eight as a starter. Just just to put that in your in your mind as a starter. What do you think? That is a really difficult question that I'm not even sure I'm going to be able to give a yes or no to. It's one of those ones where it's like a 
it, it it's a very conditional maybe because 45 you know the number one thing that i think would make me uh have pause there's i think multiple reasons but the number one reason would be the salary cap that's the number one thing is that you're putting once you pay your quarterback 45 or 50 million a year you're limiting every other weapon that he can have around him and that's every other weapon that's including offensive linemen it's including receivers it's including everything um for years Brady was never the highest paid quarterback in the league and he would always have a lo- a really solid team maybe not the most talented team in the NFL around him but he would always have his linemen he would always have a reliable um running back he'd always have whoever he needed in in whether it would be Welker or Edelman at least one guy or Gronk or someone like that Right, and then he would always have a, a good enough defense that with Bill's talent that he'd be able – so just in general saying like whenever you're the highest paid quarterback in the league, because of the salary cap, there's going to be ramifications to that. You can sign Aaron Judge to an infinite amount of money and there's no salary cap, so it doesn't affect – if you have the money as a team, it doesn't affect what you're able to build around that player if you have the money. So – that's the first thing. I'll just also say, though, it's just a maybe. Because I think Jalen Hurts is in the pop, in the mainstream, he's underrated, I think. 100%. I think he was getting I think he was getting disrespected for most of the year. He was never even in the MVP discussion. I think that he you know, it's it's hard. We always talk about these floors and ceilings for these athletes. You you would probably guess he hasn't hit his ceiling, but then it's like there's been times where it's like they have, and then and then you've paid this guy forty five, and you give him these ten year or eleven year contracts because these contracts just keep getting more and more ridiculous, and then you put your organization in a bad spot. So yeah, that's a really hard uh, question. I'd have to look at a lot of different factors uh to to know if he'd be worth it or not because that's a tough spot to put it to money in. well let me uh let me kick these stats in Ray Ray, and see what you think so he's 62.3 percent completion rating he's got 45 or excuse me 44 passing touchdowns to 19 interceptions and 26 rushing ta- touchdowns to 27 fumbles so now i pose the same question to you is he worth it so worth it is always a different question of is he worth it or should he make that money? Because Fish obviously brought up a good point. That's why Tom Brady won a lot because he took these he's, these cuts, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I say he is in the sense of if we're going to talk about just money. Is he worth it? Yes. Does he bring excitement to Philadelphia? First question. 100% yes. Answer it. 100% yes. Okay. In the 2021 season, he was the number two jersey sale. Ooh. He went up over 500% when he came into the game. His jersey sale went up 500%. This year he was the number eight jersey sale. So now you gotta ask yourself the question: Does he bring money into Philadelphia? Check. Yes. Yes. So yes. He does. Mm-hmm. He, he brings in money. You're the quarterback. You're the face of the franchise. You're breaking. You're in the top ten with jersey sales year in year out. That matters. The team's gonna make money. They want Jalen to stay because yeah, is it a hefty price to pay? Yeah, it's fifty mil. But hey, I got money to spend anyway, right? It's not like I was gonna spend it somewhere. I need my guy to stay. They're trying to guarantee it. So in a sense of, is he worth the money? I would say yes to that. He's been to a Super Bowl. He's only been in the league for four years. You got Josh Allen, who's making $258 million after his rookie contract. He doesn't even know how to spell Super Bowl because he can't make it in. Okay? So you got guys like that. Kyler Murray, does he even know how to spell Super Bowl? The closest he's ever come was playing into the Cardinals stadium, and then it just happened to be there. So he got to play there for 17, or not 17 games this year, but however many home games they had. He was injured at some point, I think, this year, wasn't he? If I remember correctly. Yeah, so even less. (laughs) So what I'm getting at is you got these guys above him who have played longer, who haven't even done. Now, I granted the teams matter, but obviously the Eagles have done well and drafted well. But at the same time, the teams matter, who you have around you. But this man has already, in his four years, at least made it to the Super Bowl, has already been in the MVP race. So, yeah, I would say that. He is worth the money. Would I pay it? No. If he accepts it, will the Eagles suffer because of it? I believe yes. so. Because like Fisher said, it limits everything around you. Yeah, so... It's 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 a rock and a hard place kind of thing. I, I'm, I'm of the personal belief that these contracts are like... They have like this like 
escape velocity thing that happens where it's like you you pay a certain quarterback a certain amount of money and then you get a guy who's comparable in talent and then he wants the same and it's like this is one organization here's another organization and then and it becomes like it's a rock and a hard place because it's going to snowball now, and cause more and more issues across because once you see more of them getting higher and higher and higher because if y'all remember correctly Patrick Mahomes was the biggest contract in NFL history happened. when he got it and yeah. now there's now he's fifth so what I'll say to that is uh, you'll find out who the real greats are and what I mean by that is it's hard to argue that Tom Brady was anything but. You don't have to like him. You don't have to love him. Yeah, I agree. But this man was saying it's more than the money. Mm-hmm. And I think that'll be that'll be the most neat thing about the Jalen Hurts offer is if they offer him the $50 million, will he already have that attitude of, yeah, pay me my money? Or will he have the attitude of, hey, just pay me this much money and use that other money to get me my help so we can bring a chip? So I think it'll be neat in that aspect too to really see where his mentality's at. Yeah, and well, we'll and a see. lot of times, you know, Brady Brady ended up making his money back. I I always think because because there's two ways that Brady would um end up making way more money than what he was being paid as far as salary in the NFL, and that was one all advertisement, right? Anything that he was selling or advertising he was doing or anything like that, and then two, I remember and. I don't have all of the facts to back this up, but um, uh, they had um, a lot of like donations that would be made to his charities and things like that. Mm-hmm. So there's different ways to get your money in the Even NFL. You don't the, need a base salary. Yeah, he's got the TB12 as well. You know, so he's got his own branding. If you're good, you can market yourself too. Well, you yeah, start winning like those we rings, you can market what, yourself. One or two episodes ago, John, about the. Uh, He's going to make Tom Brady's going to make more money mm-hmm. in 10 years ever than yep. in 21 yep. and it yep. matters like it pays off in the back end, right? Yep, yep, yep. Well, uh, that's the advantage we have or the the I should say the advantage the NFL players and all have this year or these years is they can market themselves better. Mhm. Well, let's roll into something uh something different here that we haven't talked about in a while on the show and I know Ray Ray will love this cuz I've been hearing him talk about it and that's the MLB and the Woo. rule change that is coming down. So, first off, gentlemen, before I tell you all the rules, I'm going to tell you, I'm a big fan of, of, of this, uh, at least some of them. So, there's now a pitcher clock. So, it's 15 seconds if the bases are empty, 20 seconds with runners on. A violation will be an automatic ball or strike. Now, there is also a little more stipulation set. The batter has to be in the box. At, you know, at a certain amount of seconds left and, you know, all this and that. So that's where the strike comes in. Uh, if the pitcher does not pitch the ball within the time frame, then that's where the automatic ball comes in. So I like this. It's going to increase gameplay. Um, two infielders on each side of second base. I'm sorry, two outfielders. I apologize. Two outfielders on each side of second base. And then the infielders need to have both feet on the dirt at the pitch release. You're also right about the two infielders because yeah, they infielders. would stack it to one. They would stack mm-hmm. it to one side because if you have the right-handed batter, the, op, the the chance of him hitting on the left side is a lot smaller than the right. So they would stack the right side with three infielders so they could, you know, if he hits a, a, bur- a, a worm burner or whatever. So it's there to balance out. Mm-hmm. So now the batter actually has a little bit more of an advantage or evened out more when he's at bat. And then, uh, and then the final thing that I seen was bases are going from 15 to 18 inches in width. This is to reduce injuries. Uh, they did it in the minors, and apparently it did reduce injuries. Um, yes. I will say the only thing I don't like out of all these rule changes is this one. Um, it's sports, man. I, I, I'm not an advocate for anybody getting injured at all, but there's a certain level that you take of risk when you do sports. There's risk we take in everyday things that we do all throughout life, whether it's driving a car, whether it's running, whether it's you know going to the gym and lifting, whether it's playing a sport, whatever it may be, right? You're taking some sort of risk, and some risks are minute, and some of them are not. Um, if I'm out there, you know, being a UFC fighter or doing MMA or you know football, my risk of CTE is a lot higher than if I'm sitting here typing on a computer, right? So risks are different. I don't like that because I think it's going to allow more runners on base, more bases to be stolen, um, and, and to me it just makes it easier. And I don't really care for that. I'm not a big fan of that. So that's the only one out of the, those rule changes I do not like. So 
I'll go ahead and kick it to you first, Ray Ray. What do you think about the new rule change? I mean, we're only going from, uh, we'll start off with the bigger bases. We're only going from 15 to 18, so it's really not much of a difference. And uh, I definitely can see where at first it makes a difference because you got this guy going full throttle to first, and now the first baseman can get out of the way a little bit. There's a lot of just guys being trucked over, so it is what it is. It's not like they're making this, you know, 24. It's, it's, it's at a good spot, I think, with the bases, and I don't think it matters. It is 13% lower is what it showed in the minors in 2022. So we'll see. I know a lot of sports had changes anyway about things. It's nothing new. I definitely like the rule change on the pitcher timer. I love it. Because there's nothing more irritating than me. So what I love about baseball is just the monotony of the game, right, because it really is the same thing like any sport. But there's a lot to the pitcher and the batter and the mind game. Mm -hmm. But, oh, my goodness, does it kill me when a game goes on for five or six hours because of just the mind games and the stuff being played. So I like it. Because, I mean, it's saying it's, it's it in the minors, it reduced the games by 25 minutes. And that matters, man, because if you live far enough away from a stadium, you're like, man, I'm going to go catch me a game, whether it be on a weekend or anything, 25 minutes can make a big difference for some people, you know, when it comes to, to traffic or just not wanting to be out past midnight. I don't know. You know, people are weird. They still want to do things, but have certain uh, time management. I do think it's neat, though, that the uh, the pickoff attempts, you know, they led to a 26 26% increase in stolen base attempts in the minors, the limiting to the pickoffs, so it will make the game a little bit more exciting, because I don't know if you saw, but the pitcher can only do uh, two disengagements, which are the pickoff attempts or step-offs, so that really matters, because, you know, if you know you have someone like King Griffey Jr. who can just round the bases like nobody's business and still on command, well, now we can see that more. You know, so I think it makes the game a little bit more fast-paced, a little bit more interesting. There's more Now it really does matter, right? Because beforehand I had an unlimited amount. Well, now I have to be sparing with each engagement. I like that the hitter, he only gets one timeout at a plate because you had times where, you know, a, a pitcher's hot, he's getting in a groove, and it's just dumb that a batter could go up there, timeout, 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 and cool that guy off. Like, let's just roll. Let's play the game. Yep. And I already talked about the shift restrictions, and that way I'll, I'll kick it a big fish right after this. But I like the fact that guys have to stay on both sides now. I think it'll just make the game more interesting. And like anything, as humans, we evolve and we adapt. And I think we'll, in two years, three years, we'll forget about these rule changes and just enjoy baseball for what it is. I'm sure. Big fish, what you got? Well, it's funny. <clears throat> yeah, because I actually, the the one that you had a problem with um, that was the base uh, increasing in size, mm -hmm. that is the one I have absolutely zero issue with. Um, because I, when I watch baseball, like, like it could potentially lead to a couple more people a year who are safe over those that are out when you're talking about stolen bases or something like that. But, um... It's 18, like he said, it's 18 inches versus 15 inches. That difference doesn't make, because it's it's not three extra inches that the runner's going to get. That's like the total area of the base, as far as I understand. So I don't think it's like three extra yeah. inches that the runner's going to be able to have when he's trying to steal a base. I read it, so just so you can understand with the three inches thing, they also shortened it three inches from third to home, three inches from home to first, and four and a half right. inches from second to first and, and third. The so that, number that is a good point. The number one thing it's going to do is stop first baseman. Like, the number one thing is that first baseman's ankles won't be destroyed. There's yeah. a lot of times yeah. where they're, they're – they just kind of it, – it's always – it's the first base side that that's what they're really yes. doing the increase in basing for because there's a ton of times where, like, two – giant guys six foot five six foot six six foot seven guys 250 pounds are running one's running down first base side full clip he's trying to get his foot on the base the other guy's trying to get his foot on the base and that's where that collision or an ankle getting shattered happens that's always on that first base side that's the biggest thing that makes a huge difference that 18 inches versus that 15 inches and i don't think it's gonna have a big competitive uh issue um the other two i have a lot of thoughts on and i'll try and keep them short but basically um the shift i'm i don't know competitively i'm kind of against it because Baseball is a very simple game. Overall, between the clock and the shift, my big argument is baseball is a really simple game. 
and it's not a game for everyone. And it's a game that's beautiful because it kind of polices itself. You don't really need penalties because of the way that the game's designed. It kind of runs itself. You don't need a clock. You don't need penalties. You can kind of do things on your own. So you're enforcing restrictions for certain outcomes, right? And if someone is a professional baseball player and they're absolutely 100% unable to either hit the ball in the gap or hit the ball the other way, it kind of feels like that's their fault and you shouldn't be punishing infielders or intelligent coaches and coaching for shifting him because a lot of times what we'll see is they will put on the shift and then the batter will turn around and hit the ball right up this huge gap that was kind of like maybe slightly left but like it was sort of centered of the field and there's no one there and then the pitcher's like oh well now I have to deal with that because you dummies shifted and that should have been an out to me that's taking away competitiveness of the game but that's only because that's the way I see it um, there are going to be a lot of batters that are going to be in heaven this year. Um, I'm a big Yankee fan, so like Anthony Rizzo is one I can think of. He's constantly uh, pulling the ball, and or even you know uh, Joey Gallo, who they got rid of, is now in the Dodgers. I mean, the shift was a nightmare for him because he could not not pull the ball. They shift on him like 95 percent of the time. Now you're going to have to do your best if you're that lone second baseman uh, standing there trying to uh, pick up that ball. And it's going to make some changes. I'm I'm a little undecided on that. The pitch clock, I think, is similar in the way that... Um, my big thing is I love baseball. And I always used to go to the baseball games with my dad. As we're getting older, I'm going to go to the baseball games with my son. I love going to baseball games. I don't understand why we want to shorten it. <laughs> I love being away. I love not having to think about work, not having to think about this, not having to think about that, and being out of the day at the field. So for me, if it takes a little longer, that's never been a problem for me. I get the malingering. I get that it wastes time. I also get that, that baseball's not a sport for everybody. I just hope it doesn't rush the game in a way that pitchers are throwing their arms out because they are being forced to have to throw this ball every 15 seconds. I'm also like undecided on the 15 seconds. If it should be more like 20 because I just don't know how much time a pitcher needs when they're throwing a hundred mile an hour fastballs from one pitch to the next. Do you need 20 seconds to stretch? Do you need 15 seconds? I don't really, I don't know that. So I could be, I'll have to see how it runs. I'll have to see how that because I watched a minor league game where they had the pitch clock and I thought that they were like it kind of felt a little rushed in my opinion. It felt like they were like you get you throw the ball and it was like get it back, get it back so we can throw it again, we can throw it again. It was like I just I think baseball in general has a very relaxed, kind of like slower paced, more thinking type of feel. And I was actually talking with my friend about it too. It's gonna be interesting the way that like if you know how in football, when you're up at the line and they're going to have to snap it and it's like three, two, one, and you know they're going to snap it on zero or it's going to be a penalty, it'll be interesting if the pitcher's down to zero. If you're the batter, you get an extra second or two to start your swing because you know he's going to have to throw it right now and like 90% of it is timing that, that, that pitch and that delivery. So there's yeah, going to be a lot that. of changes. You know, fish, but to that, at the same time, the guy can't just take a ball. You know, he can just force the ball and get his extra time. Uh, I was going to throw some numbers at you while you're on it, just so you understand. So the average in 2017, that's the latest this thing goes to, took 23.8 seconds in between each pitch. So it's not a lot of time difference when you have somebody on on the base. But, I mean, on average, they were always over 20 seconds. 2007, 21.5, and it has only trended upwards. So the numbers have only gotten longer and longer. And to kind of throw at you how long a baseball game has, uh, the top 10 – go from 2 hours and 57 minutes to 3 hours and 8 minutes, once again trending upwards. Mm -hmm. So I think the whole point of it is, is the longer we go, it's gonna the games have just continued to draw out longer. Mm -hmm. So in a sense, it's forcing the game to once again go back down to a competitive level. 
because you talked about how you didn't like how everyone shifted over. You don't like the change of that shift. But at the same time, at, five, six years ago, people weren't shifting over there. People mm-hmm. adapted and were like, hey, new strategy, let's shift over there. Mm-hmm. So I'd have to counter-argue where you say, well, it's going to take away competitive and give it back to the batters. Well, in turn, it's going to come back down to the managers and the players to figure out, hey, we can't do this, so what's the new way to stop big batters? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I definitely see that. Go ahead. I was just going to say, it's going to be... It's definitely going to be something to watch how it's all going to play out because um, the changes, the, the the biggest one to me is definitely got to be the pitcher clock. It's definitely going to I agree really make some changes. So we have a uh, a minor league here uh, or a minor league team here that I need to go check out and okay. see how that works. The whole lookouts. So the whole lookouts. So. Yep, I saw. It. That's where I saw the pitch clock, and it and it just to me, it, this is just my perspective and my opinion. And I'm kind of like I'm not a baseball traditionalist. I understand that the game's gonna change, and that there's gonna be things where now that I'm 30, I'm gonna get 40 and 50 and go back in my day. We didn't do it like this, and the world's gonna change and everything like that. So. But it just felt really rushed to me. I didn't so, enjoy it as much because it felt really rushed. It felt like it was like it was just like they were I don't know, like just rushing it. Where I'm like, ahead. you know, I came I came to this game to to sit down, relax and and watch some baseball. I don't mind the slower pace, but that's well, just Let me, me throw another percent at Let me throw another percent at you. So since it's been happening since 2015 in the minors anyway, so 74% of the active players have already seen it. So it's only new to us, but it's nothing new to them. Okay. And oh, the wow, further we go that. Yeah, the further we go, it's not going to matter anyway. So we're only we're complaining about something that these guys are all used to, and they'll go, oh, okay. And the 20-second pitch clock would hypothetically shave 3.8 seconds off each pitch. So each team throws about 150 pitches per game. So that's saving you. The, that's where the 20 minutes come in. Mm-hmm. But you said it was a 15-second pitch clock, didn't you? No, no, no. It's 15. 15 if there's basically going to be 20 runners on. So correct. It's mm-hmm. going to be that, that's going to be where you, that has to the pitcher has to keep in his mind. Seems I got nobody on base. I need to go a little quicker. With so, only two step offs. Yeah. So, well. So again, three quarters of the roster are already used to this. Well, uh, let's roll into the NBA topic then, because I'm sure we could talk about this, especially y'all two with MLB I'm sure. stuff all day long. I know both y'all are, are definitely got me beat in the MLB stuff. All I know is uh, go Padres. So, <laughs> um, first off, before we continue to roll on, let me uh, let me give a shout out to. Mac McClung, who, as uh, as we know, he was just signed from the G League. He he career wise, had only made a hundred thousand dollars for his career. He just made a hundred fifty thousand dollars for winning the uh, slam dunk contest. So hey, baby, at least Philly finally gets their win. Hey, they gotta do something because Philly ain't doing it any other way. Um, so just a shout out real quick. That's a that's just a little little cliff note there. The two big topics here are two huge buyouts. So the Cavs just bought out Kevin Love, and now it's looking like he's going to be heading to Miami and uh, taking his talents to South Beach. So we'll see how that plays out for us down there in good old Florida. And then uh, the bigger one to me is the Utah Jazz just picked up Russell Westbrook in a trade, right, from the Lakers. Well, they're agreeing to buy him out of his contract, and now he is going to go sign with the Los Angeles Clippers. I love it. I love it. The Lakers painted him as being the issue with the Lakers, and he says, not only am I going to come back to L.A., but I'm going to come back to your in-town rivals. I love it, and I think it's... Oh, yeah. I think it's, it's a... That's nasty. It's like poetic there. justice. Oh, oh man! I, it'll definitely I love it. be. That'll be an. Int- it'll be interesting. It'll. It, it'll depend. Westbrook's been a notoriously sometimes, and this has been a debated topic, but a difficult guy to play with. It depends on how well he melds there, and 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 how well the team kind of works with him. Very true. So, they're in fourth. They're in fourth place in the West. The which Lakers one do you think is bigger than right 13th. now? Which one do you think is more important for the for the team? Would it be Kevin Love going to Miami, or would it be Russell Westbrook going to the Clippers? I think for sure it's Westbrook to the Clippers. Yeah, I didn't even know Kevin Love Westbrook. was in the league, to be honest with you. Well, Kevin Love's been in for 15 seasons. What I'm saying is I, I thought he retired. I had no idea he was still around. 
What were you saying, Ray? No, I was saying that's what I was trying to tell you, Fish, is that uh, he's been in for 15 seasons now, and he was the last player from the 2016 mm-hmm. Cavs Championship. Yep. So he mm-hmm. has been in for a while, and he's only d- digressed. Now, I know Russell had a, had some issues there for a minute, but I think he's kind of picked it back up. Yeah, so you think mm. you think Russ is the, the better pickup there as well, right? Yeah, I think Russ is the better. Yeah, I would say he's the better move, or it'll be the more interesting move. I just don't know, going off of Kevin Love's stats that he had and uh, how he slowly got put down from a lot of minutes to 20 minutes to might as well sat in the locker room, I just don't think he's going to be that big impact in South Beach. Yeah. He's scoring 8.5 a game. He's got six and a, and a half rebounds a game. That's probably bigger than than anything else. He'll Kevin be able to Love. come in and help Bam. I mean, he'll be able yeah, to just come in. off the bench. Gonna, he'll yeah, help the kid get starter. Better. He's not going to be a starter at all. So, well, no, but I think them buying out his contract is a good po is like is a nice thing for them to do because it kind of mm-hmm. is just paying it. Well, they're also talking they're about also retiring to, his number. Yeah. So he's earned it there, I would say. Mm-hmm. So it kind of is just a good, hey, let's just move on. Let's move in, in a good way. Because I saw, I read for a little bit where they weren't going to do it at first. But I think it's the right send-off. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So, well. Yeah, so my question is, what, what you uh, you know, which uh, which position is Westbrook? He's point guard? Uh, believe so, yeah, yeah. Believe? Yeah, so... Right now, the starting lineup for the Clippers is um, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, um, Marcus Morris, and then um, Zubak, who I don't know that well. He's a center. And then their point guard is uh, Terrence Mann. And I have to admit, I'm not really, I don't follow the Clippers so well, but I don't, I'm not that familiar with Terrence Mann. So I wonder, I mean, is that, is he going to be their starting point guard then? And he's I couldn't even tell you Kawhi Leonard what's on that team. That's crazy. I, I that? think he's. I think he's definitely going to be the starter. I think it's yeah. going to be PG thirteen, Kawhi and him. I don't yeah, think. I, I, I said fish. I was going to say I said fish. I uh, I didn't even know. I couldn't even tell you Kawhi was on the Clippers. That's how little I followed them. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He went a, a few years ago, and he I mean, hasn't done much. He got, got injured. I mean, they got Brandon Boston, Amar Coffey, Eric Gordon. Terrence Mann. They got Eric Gordon there? Those are sh- yeah. Those are wow. shooting guards. Those are shooting guards. So then if you got point guard, Bones Highland, Jason Preston. I gotta be honest with you, until I looked it up I didn't realize they were in fourth, so they're in a yeah, competitive I, spot right now. I'm looking, man, I'm looking and I don't see Look, if you be on the big three, that's the big three name, right? Because as, so, as an outsider looking in, because I think we've talked enough how we can follow basketball but not really know basketball. I think that's pretty self-evident with my knowledge and my speaking on it <laughs> that he's definitely going to be the starter based off of just knowing names and knowing that the claw is one of them and PG-13 and him. I couldn't have told you, tell you who Bones Highland or Brandon Boston Jr. is or anything. Terrence Mann, that's who you got to know there. Ray Ray. <laughs> I don't know who that is. He's, you got to scroll down to see that name. Yeah, right. I'm going to tell you that I definitely think they'll figure it out, man, because here's the thing. They will put him in rotation and put him in. Because here's a traditionally, you know, everybody has your, your whatever positions, but you're going to do, you're going to play the hot hand and you're going to play what matches up best. That's right. So if that takes who, who you, works. if that takes you putting big man on the court to match up, and you know you got to put a, a center, two centers out there because that's what matches up, you're gonna do it. You're not gonna say, "Oh, sorry, can't can't put two centers out there." No way. If it takes two shooting guards, two point guards, whatever it takes you to put out there to play the position, if it is a mismatch and you can create a mismatch, you're gonna do it, no matter what it is, because at the end of the day, it's all about winning. It's not about keeping the structure of it. It's the same way that we do it in football, right? They take football and they put the running back there, and then they put well, who do they put behind the running back? They put a lineman to push him or the quarterback, you know. So it's I formation with two linemen behind the run, or behind the quarterback, or the running back's taking the handoff and the linemen are pushing. Who's the him. biggest boys we got? Hmm? Exactly. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, yeah. Who's the biggest boys we got? Exactly. It's the same way they put a lineman out there and make him an eligible receiver. Nobody cares. I don't care about positions. Mm-hmm. In the end, can you get the job done? You know. Just win, baby. That's it. Just win, baby. So <laughs> and then 
yeah, the West, it just, it just, the West just keeps getting more interesting because we had KD to the Phoenix Suns, we had Kyrie to the uh, Mavericks, and you still got uh, Jokic and the Nuggets in first there. They're not taking, they haven't taken a step back at all. They're 41 and 18. Um, you got the surprise Sacramento Kings, who have been having a great season in third. So the West has become a very interesting picture. The West is to me, to me, the better side. So it's yeah. Well, let's uh let's roll into one more topic here that we got because we're getting close to our our hour threshold. We're trying to keep it at, and uh, let's, we're gonna talk about. Hmm. I say let's do it. Let's get let's it. Let's do stop, it. Stop yelling at me all the time. <laughs> hey, I have to yell at you. You can't hear for anything. I have to turn you down because I'm I so need, Hey, someone, someone go back, do the word counts on all the ums and uhs with uh, John after we speak to him. What? You didn't exactly. that, one, that, one, that one wasn't in the count. You didn't say that one. You hey, said put the, ums put and uhs. Put the what's in there, too. You said, put the what's in there. Oh, well. now you want me to put the what's in there, huh? Yeah. yeah. Hey, right. We're retconning it. Right. So. <laughs> Left. <laughs> NFL Hall of Famers. So, gentlemen, the list came out a week or so ago. And uh, I just wanted to go ahead and get y'all's thoughts on it. So I will read all of the names off and then kind of give me who you're thinking, you know, is good, who you're thinking like, "Mm, could do without. And uh, maybe, maybe you're, you're good with all of them. And again, maybe you don't think, um, you think somebody got snubbed who should have been there. So. We'll go ahead and open it up, and I will let you all gentlemen see. So here are the nine finalists that we got that are going to be inducted in the Hall of Fame. So you got Rondé Barber, Darrell Revis, DeMarcus Ware, Zach Thomas, Joe Thomas, Coach Don Carell, Joe Calico, Chuck Howley, and... Ken Riley. So, those are the nine people that are being inducted this year. Now, I'm not going to go ahead and lie to you, gentlemen. There's some names in here that I don't know personally. Um, I agree. You yeah, know, I don't know half that list. Chuck Halley. I know at least don't, half. Don't I know, know at least half. Don Carell. Don't know him per se. You know, Joe Calico. I've heard of that name, but I don't know him. New York Jets. <laughs> the, who? Oh, uh, Joe Klecko. Uh, Joe Klecko. Klecko. He, he How you let me say the... that man's name wrong the whole time? I was waiting. He was part of the New York part of the New York Sack Exchange. He was. Uh, right. I think he he's. Was. I think. I think he's the most famous one. I don't remember if he is or not, but he's a he's a well known name in um, uh, New Jersey up there in Jets <laughs> well, Kingdom. He's... Out of the three mm-hmm. of us, he's definitely not the most famous because I couldn't have told you who he was either. In the metal, Darrell Revis, though. I remember watching him play. I, I remember watching Rondé Barber play, Demarcus Ware, Joe Thomas, Zach Thomas. I remember watching all of them play. That's what's mind blowing to see. Like y'all are getting elected, and yeah, we're getting man, old. I've watched y'all play. Like yeah. what? So, out of those gentlemen, which one? And don't be biased, Big Fish. Yes. Which ones are, are y'all uh, are y'all happy to see there? Is there anybody y'all thought should have got it over them? We'll go ahead and ask you first, Ray Ray. What do you got? Well, I'll say this. At first, uh, I wasn't a big Bucks fan, obviously, growing up for reasons as we've discussed. So at <laughs> first, you know, I was like, dang, how did Rondé get over, over uh, now the names escape me, like Dwight Freeney and people like that, but now reading, you know, it helps people if you read the biopsies or the biographies. Hello, biographies. The only player with more than 40 interceptions and 25 sacks in the NFL career and the latest entry into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Only one. 40 interceptions, 25 sacks. So on that alone, if you're the only guy, right, in your respected position and you're able to say, yeah, I'm the only one who's done this, and uh, you're the the all-time leader, he says 47 interceptions and 12 defensive touchdowns in 16 years. And uh, so how do you how do you not stand above everybody? How do you not stand above your peers? So I'd have to say that one's okay. At first, I wasn't too sure. I think Joe Thomas is a great one. What is it? He played every single down until like his last year. He got somewhere along there. He got that final snap and was hurt, and they took him out. Wasn't it something like that? You're talking about Joe Thomas? 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Joe Thomas. That was forever ago to at me, this point, man. To me, Joe Thomas was one of the ones that is huge. Uh, he played 10 years. He played for a total of, of seven different head coaches, blocked for 18 different starting quarterbacks, and in his final year of playing, uh, the team went winless. But yet this dude got out there day in, day out. And I, and I don't have the stats up here in front of me, but if you look them up, it is unreal how many sacks he allowed. He had over 10 consecutive snaps that he blocked for. And, I mean, he played against some stud teams. He played against the times he was playing against when the Ravens were a monster, when the Steelers were a monster, you know. Yeah, he was against some hard teams. And he was playing against those defense. When you think defense back then, everybody says Steelers and Ravens. And he played against them. Yeah, and and he's there with them. He was in those trenches all the time. Yeah. So I think it's neat. I was going to say it's 167 straight games, 10,363 consecutive snaps. Before he tore his left tricep. Yep. It's wild, man. Wild. That's crazy. So that one. years. That's the biggest one to me. Right. Making 10 Pro Bowls. He had 10 Pro Bowls and six first team All Pro honors. Yep. Part of the 2010s All Decade team. An 11-year career, and you went 10 out of 11 was 11 times when I say 10. to the Pro Bowl. I missed my count up, yeah. Yeah, it was – and he was only on him for one. And a lot of people get to say, well, the the Browns sucked. He never played in the postseason game. And yeah, And he had like, one winning season in his whole career. But that, that dude never tried to find a new team, stayed right there, stayed loyal, and to me was one of the best players, offensive linemen in the NFL during that time period. Any year, pretty much, you ask. He's top but, uh, three, uh, I would to say, su- every year. sum it up for you, for time's sake, I'll say I'm not going to speak on these guys that I wasn't around for and have absolutely no idea who they are. <laughs> and out of the ones I was around for, and when you start reading into them, one, if you have a nickname like Revis Island or anything that's named after you, I think that kind of helps you enter into the Hall of Fame. <laughs> but looking at all the names, uh, I would say it's all well-earned. There's other people that I think needed to go too, but obviously when there's a cap, certain people just go before yeah. you, and it is what it is. Big fish. Yeah, I what was just saying. I was just saying to you the other week um, that I was talking about Revis before he got yes, um, you were. In, yes, inducted you were. In, into the Hall of Fame, and so I grew up in um, New Jersey, and I, my dad and I went to a good amount of uh, Jets games. And in all the years, I've seen a lot of really talented players play, you know, including Brady, Drew Brees, and 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 just all sorts of people. But there were always there were two players in my memory who who just had a different kind of presence uh, when I watched them. One was Curtis Martin, and the other was Darrell Rivas. There was something about the way that he played the game, where. If the ball got thrown to his side of the field, if it was if it if the if the quarterback was winding up and it looked like he was throwing it anywhere near the area where Darrell Rivas would go, people would stand up out of their seats just because he was so he had such a mix of intelligence and athleticism that and you electricity just, to himself. You just thought it was gonna be picked. Every mm-hmm. single time you're like, yo, he's throwing it towards Revis. It was a different kind of uh it, that that alone, you know, and then a lot of times we can go back and talk stats and then and then he ended up winning a Super Bowl with the Patriots, um, the year that um uh Russell Wilson threw the pick through the pick of the what I mean, I was actually happy for him because I loved watching him and and as a Jets fan I don't have a lot of <laughs> love for championships, so um, I was happy he went and got his, and um, uh, but but yeah, that alone. I mean, just a Hall of Fame player from his rookie year until the, until the year that he left. So yeah, definitely happy with that. Rondé Barber, I know um, because of his brother Tiki, and I remember him playing on the Bucks. I don't really know if he's Hall of Fame Rondé or was not. I just... disgusting, disgusting. Rondé was, Rondé mm, was yes. one of the elite corners before Darrell Rivas stepped onto the scene. Mm. And Rondé was yeah, getting I remember older him. when Darrell Rivas stepped on the scene, was really kind of establishing himself. Rondé was getting older, but Rondé was absolutely disgusting, dude. I think uh, I want to say him and Darrell Rivas played for one season with the Bucks together, um, but that was they of course 
by then Rondé is getting older. He's slower and stuff like that. But man, gonna pass the torch at some point. I'm gonna tell you what. Being a Falcons fan, I watched Rondé hurt us and make me cry many times. Mm-hmm. So let me again fish just to kind of help you understand. Uh, it says that so Rondé stood out as just one of two players since the turn of the millennium. The other one being Hall of Fame DB Charles Woodson That's with right. more than 1,000 tackles, 40 interceptions. His 47 career picks and 28 career sacks and 241 games played weren't enough to get him into Canton on the first or fifth ballot. Beautiful. So it took him six years as a DB to be in such a league of one other two. man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in a, in a league of two. Mm-hmm. So I knew I knew that uh, Rondé had been out of the league for a while and had been eligible yeah, for man. a minute. Six so. And then, yeah, DeMarcus Ware, you know, no problem. We already talked about um, Joe Thomas. Zach Thomas, uh, he was with the Dolphins. He was. I, I he was a force, but I don't yeah. I remember watching him, but not a crazy deal. <laughs> yeah, then, I wouldn't know. I was still in diapers. <laughs> I wasn't even born when he was drafted. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got well, the two other. I, I remember Thomas. And then, and then just... You know, shout out Joe Klecko. Shout out the New York Sack Exchange. The other one was uh, Mark Gaston, though. Those were the two main guys, and then there were two other guys on the New York Sack Exchange, but Klecko and Gaston were the two big ones. I never watched them. Even I'm not old enough uh, to remember them, but my dad did, and uh, he told me enough about them. When he used to take the greasy escalator up into the Meadowlands, uh, their picture of the four of them was always up there, so shout out Klecko. Oh, my God. Well, uh... (laughs) Well, with that, we will uh, we'll get ready to cap this, and we'll roll into our uh, stats of the week. So, Big Fish, I don't expect you to, but do you got a stat for me? No, I don't. Wasn't prepared. No Sorry. Worries. No worries. No, 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 no. I always, I just don't want to be rude and not ask you. Ray Ray, you better have a stat for me. Oh, no. I want you to go ahead first. I always lead it off. Okay. All right. Well, then, uh, since we talked about basketball and finished up with basketball, I felt like it was only right to talk basketball. So this one is about your boy Dennis Rodman. So while Dennis Rodman played for the San Antonio Spurs, he pulled in a 20 rebound game against the Utah Jazz. Now him having that many rebounds was not a a big deal. Um, He had had, you know, high rebounding games before. What makes this wild is that he had 20 rebounds and did not record another stat <laughs> across the main statistical categories of like points, assists, steals, and blocks. So when you look at this stat line, it was zeros across the board except for the 20 rebounds. Well, if you go his and watch his biography, it's great that he was only picked just for that. That they said that between with Michael and Scotty and all the others around, they just needed someone who could be dominant on getting boards. And that's all they wanted him to do. Well, that's good because he had, in that so game he like, also had four turnovers. Sounds like hey, hey, baby, he he did what it takes. He did what he was uh, designed <laughs> to do. What's your what's your stat of the week? So, so we'll keep it we'll keep it basketball. Okay, okay. And uh, since we're talking about people that we're talking about people that can't score, right? So uh, Draymond Green oh. managed to get a triple double. Oh, I almost and brought that uh, one up. I'm that, so glad I didn't. <laughs> that was hey, my man. other one. Hey. It work. It works out. Work, look at that. See, we're mind melding. Twelve rebounds, ten assists, ten assists, ten, ten steals, ten steals. <laughs> no double digits in points. That's crazy. <laughs> so, the big men out here. You know, hey, Draymond can can score, but in that game, I guess he channeled his Rodman. He did it. He definitely didn't channel it, his Curry. There, I have I have one <laughs> no, stat I that I saw. It was kind of kind of different. Uh-oh, here it is. Oh, man. So, it, in the Spanish Basketball League, okay, what? they have... That's a thing? Now, listen. <laughs> what is happening? Now, listen, because that's where <laughs> we were talking about Pau Gasol, right? Now, he how he's going to be inducted into the Hall of Fame before the show started. Possibly, um, yeah. Now, possibly. There, he, he, he played oh, for man. the FC Barcelona uh, in Spain, who uh, in uh, soccer... In La Liga, they're one of two of the biggest teams. There's Barcelona and Real Madrid. So it's it's it. They have their own basketball teams in the Spanish leagues, and it's kind of a big deal. There is a 13 year old phenom, Mohamedou Landere, who uh, played against FC Barcelona this week. This is he a was PG show. Tw- Keep it there. 
He was 21 for 29 from the field. He had 56 points and 33 rebounds. There's my stat. Easy day. Go, go Spain. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I'm glad we got him. I'm glad you threw in a stat that I would never have gotten. Ever. Never would have gotten that one, so you're welcome. If I ever need that on Jeopardy, I'm ready now. Thank you. Five years from now, you're going to see him get drafted, and you're going to remember. So I don't remember this stat. I have to go back to this episode so I can remember it. <laughs> well, uh, well, Big Fish, since it's your first time on the show, you got any shout-outs this week? Um, shout-outs? No, just shout-out Joe Klecko, I guess. That's that's my big shout-out this week. Okay, all right. Shout-out shout New York Jets. Disgusting. What about... Uh, what about you, Ray Ray? You got any shout outs? Man, I didn't I didn't visit any uh Ma or Pa stores this past week really or anybody worthwhile in that regard shouting out. But I will shout out the guy joining us for today, Fish. It was great to have you on. It was great Thank to talk you. to I you. I appreciate it. Hey man, great to be I, here. I know I appreciate you. It was great to have you. Well, I uh I guess the only shout out I have is a shout out to the rock. And uh, his ex-wife and their business partner and giving me meaningful football, at least right now, meaningful right. football, for at least a, a couple more months. So I appreciate it. And we'll see if the USFL or whatever it's called can uh, can carry on in y'all's footsteps. The yeah, XFL shout out to that 6-7 bust. I can't even ever remember your name without Googling you. Paxton Lynch. <laughs> but way to set records, baby, even if they're not good ones. History books. Uh, he never listened to uh, Al Davis, so well. Win, baby. <laughs> like uh, like Ray Ray said, hey, big fish, we appreciate you coming on the show, and uh, we'll definitely have to get you on here for more topics here in the future. So again, thanks for coming on, man. Sounds good. It's been an absolute pleasure. I really appreciated the time. Yes, sir. Well, Ray Ray, with that, we are at the end of the show. So another one done. I want to appreciate uh, and, and say thank you for you coming on the show again. And uh, we've had a few episodes now, and you haven't got tired of me, so that's a plus. So I mean, you call me for an hour every day, so it works. It buffs out. When I don't call you, what do you do? Uh, when you don't call me, we do an hour-long podcast. No, you text <laughs> me and stuff, and go, "You okay?" Yeah, but you're not dead. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, well, with that. I got nothing. Now that Ray is done nothing. trying to clown me. Ray, you got nothing? I got nothing. Ray's got That's nothing. It. Hey, so we'll appreciate everybody. Make sure y'all stay tuned. We got some stuff coming out in the works, some new stuff. Stay tuned. And with that, we out. See ya. See ya.